Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. My name is Jeremy. And we are here to discuss the Uncanny X-Men number 173, the September 1983 issue on sale June 7th of 1983 with a cover price of 60 cents. This one's titled To Have and Have Not. What? It's not called Tag, You're Dead? You can't trust those next issued headlines. You, sh- you, you should have learned that by now. I feel so cheated. Trouble in the attic, won't somebody turn on the light? Got so, so many troubles, can't even tell wrong from right. Money comb my hair, down my socks, tip my hair, say goodnight. It's a wedding day in funeral bill. What shall I wear tonight? It's a wedding day in funeral bill. What shall I wear tonight? Well, this is a boring cover. Really? I feel like this is one of the iconic covers. Eh. For me, this is like, you got Wolverine in the beginning, you got no background, you got Rogue following. I feel like this this is a good t-shirt. Uh-uh. No. This is, this is one of the, com- the covers that I recognize as like, oh yeah, that's a classic X-Men cover. It's poorly drawn, the... Um... Wolverine is poorly drawn, but Rogue is pretty good. She's all right. She lacks some inking, I think. She's lacking a lot of detail in her face. She does She does kind of look like she has a gimpy leg. Wolverine, his foreleg, if that's what you want to call it, his, the part above his knee, I think is supposed to be in the, like he's running at us, but he's hunched over. But the way his um, shin and foot are drawn, I don't know. He just looks like he has a like elephantitis of the leg or something. <laughs> Something's just not right. It's not. It's poorly proportioned, in my opinion. It looks like the way his lips are um, detailed that he kind of has either uh, a little fifteen-year-old mustache or a hair lip, one of the two. Okay. <laughs> well, I agree with you on all these. Details. <laughs> <laughs> Details. I, I, I've, I've never looked at the cover with that much detail. I'm just looking at the cover as an image, of, you know, from far away. I would never put this particular image on a T-shirt because it's just not good. Would you Would you redraw it and put it on a T-shirt? Because I feel like it's an iconic sort of pose. Yeah, if it was, you know, better proportioned, sure. Sure, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Well, good stuff, you heard it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, uh, that's all we have to say about the cover. It's it's interestingly drawn. Not Paul Smith's best, in my opinion. I, I, I guess I, would, I can agree with that. We open it up, and, uh, you know, it, it, initially the, the, the first thing that you can tell is that he is continuing the panel layouts from the last issue. They're a little off-kilter, a little interesting. They're not... Just regular old squares like we've become come accustomed to. I think, yeah, this issue he kind of more or less strays from that path. There are some some of the action scenes still follow the the panel layout, as I guess as we'll discuss when we get there. But um, for the most part, those those tall panels that you see on this page pretty much disappear. Yeah, it's like he's fading out of that uh, Frank Miller style. Yeah. So, so, 
Uh, yeah, but this one's by Chris Claremont, Paul Smith, uh, Bob Wyatt, Wiasek is the inker, Tom Warzakowski, lettering, Glenis Ween, coloring, Luis Jones, editing, Jim Him Shooter is the editor-in-chief. So really the same uh, cast of people that we've had for the last few issues. Yeah. Good stuff. This is good. I like consistency in my comics. Absolutely. It shows that they don't want to break up a winning creative team. Who does? <laughs> Which is why I've never substituted you, Adam. <laughs> I may I may have substituted you on a couple occasions, but you don't know about that episode. Not a day has gone by when I haven't considered replacing you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, this, uh, yeah. So there's... You can't replace me. I am this podcast. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Without you, we have no show. This is where we start getting all egotistical and start putting crazy writers on our contracts. <laughs> There were no hookers in my green room this morning, Adam. You'd, there was no green room. Oh, <laughs> damn it. How about my dressing room? Putting a couple sli- uh, green pieces of paper in your <laughs> dressing room does not make it a green room. Oh. I just want to be famous <laughs> so I can have crazy riders. All right. So they're in Tokyo. You can tell by the crazy bustling street with foreign symbols and lots of colors and, and packed streets. You want a good time in Tokyo? The guidebooks say check out the Ginza. Yeah, so they must be uh, in the Ginza of Tokyo. Cutting straight to another panel where people are being thrown through a window. Two dudes. Oh, man. Winded glass is crashing all over the place. We move to the next page where we see a two-page spread, basically half of the top of two pages, of Wolverine holding some Japanese guy by the throat getting ready to punch him and he wants information Wolverine is speaking in Japanese Rogue is not and the Japanese citizens are so she's like y'all better cooperate sugar we've been getting the run around and uh, Wolverine's getting testy and the Japanese guy's like I do not understand what you're saying (laughs) in Japanese Logan's like yeah yeah she's new (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, they're She's, they're looking for information. She speaks the universal language of pretty girl. <laughs> oh, I understand what pretty girl is saying. She wants information. <laughs> they're, uh, what what are we doing here? Uh, the X-Men are poisoned, except for Storm, who's missing in action. Uh, is Mariko been kidnapped? I can't remember why they set out no, on this. Mariko's at the hospital. Um, I believe Wolverine is going out to finish the job of getting the silver samurai and viper who uh as as we he he doesn't he doesn't know where storm is he doesn't know what's going on he just knows that uh mariko who arrived back at the hospital told wolverine that storm and yukio battled silver samurai and viper and uh that's all he knows so he's going out to find them okay okay so yeah, st- uh, Rogue. She's while she's sitting there doing her pretty girl speak. Somebody from behind her is getting ready to stab her with a sigh. And I think, and I, I'm not really sure, but I guess the thing gets bent. Yes. Okay, so that is what's happening. I, I didn't realize that until you just said it, because in the first panel the sigh is straight, and in the second panel it's like glancing off of her shoulder, but the front of the blade is uh, curved. So. Yeah. They really need a sound effect for that, like, wow. 
Sure. But she does uh, say, yeah, she doesn't even really acknowledge it. She looks at it. She's like, so one could look at this and be like, oh, it was a near miss. That, sir, is no way to treat a lady. Don't do it again, she says, and knocks him out. He does say, erk, in Japanese. (laughs) No, he doesn't, Adam. (laughs) Wolverine says that he's searching for Nabatone Yokuse, who is the... uh, is the last, I guess, crime lord of Japan after what is Shinjin wiped out all the crime lords. This guy is not going to give Wolverine any information. So Wolverine throws him uh, and he walks off. Rogue would like to know what the next move is. Wolverine says, well, we're going to have to go find Nabatone. He'll lead us to Silver Samurai. He gives us a kind of a, a quick... Summary, he invited the X-Men to Japan. Mariko Giotto's dad was a crime lord. Check out the Wolverine miniseries. Rogue and they were all poisoned. Rogue and he recovered. They're on the Samurai's trail. Storm's disappeared. Elsewhere. Storm's hair is messy. Well, they they just got out from the water, so they're wet. And uh, Yukio is banging on the door of perhaps a former acquaintance or friend, but uh, this person is doesn't want anything to do with her. I feel like these pages with Yukio and Storm are maybe the pages that Paul Smith did last because they're hastily drawn and not very well drawn at that. Yeah, yeah. The Yukio panel kind of matches the Yukio panel from last issue which I kind of made fun of because it was very funny looking. But, yeah, they do look quickly drawn. But, uh, and this is a weird, well, I guess it's, we're trying to build some character development in Storm, but they, they this guy won't let them in uh, his house. So they're like, well, all right, we better go to the X-Men's hospital. But then they are cornered by a gang of thugs. And so they're going to fight them. Oh, well, you only die once, thinks Storm to herself. Right. She has like a little emotional diatribe in her own little head about uh, the pros and cons of this. But yeah, she ends with saying like, all right, let's do this thing. They have a death mark on them. As we learned, uh, Silver Samurai cast a death mark on them. And I guess that's spread out through all of gangland. He cast a spell on them? Well, he he didn't cast a spell on him, but he, he placed a death mark on them, which I assume means... They're going to die, um, and he's going to do it. But then he probably, you know, sent out the word to all of the crime lord uh, or all of the crime scene in Japan that uh, Storm and Yukio have a death mark on them. And that's why this guy's like, the word's out on both of you. The Obion himself, a death mark. You can't come in. I'm out of here. Ah, I just thought he was crazy. I, it's a possibility. And actually, I didn't understand who Uyabon himself was. I was like, eh, it's just some weird thing. Okay, I skimmed the issue. I don't I don't even know what happened in this issue. <laughs> we just skipped to the end. Okay. <laughs> um, so, they end. Uh... Wolverine's sad. The end. <laughs> what? All right. Let's build back Spoilers. up to that. Um, yeah, so they... What do they do? They Oh, so we flip over to Wolverine and Rogue who are looking for some more clues. 
and they break into Nabatone's estate and they sneak in and Rogue triggers a trap. Well, before that though, there's a little bit of a dialogue about Rogue's invulnerability. And there's kind of like maybe they don't quite understand how invulnerable she is, or she doesn't know, or he doesn't know. So they're still trying to figure that out a little bit. She's being a little cocky and Wolverine doesn't like it. No. He wants her to be a little bit more careful. And uh, yeah. So, but that's when she does trigger the uh, alarm and this little robot thing comes out. And fires a robot beam. I'm tempted to let her take the shot to find out what her limits really are. But I may need her later on. Gasp! So they're on the ground and uh, Rogue's like, A man like you, a hero who saves the day, deserves a reward. She goes in for a kiss, but then she realizes that... No, she doesn't realize anything. Wolverine... Well, she, she realizes right away. I mean, there's this panel where there's a shaking of her head. Eh. It's cause, because there's, there's Wolverine's fist is under her chin. Yeah. Claws are ready to be popped. That's when she realizes that this is a mistake. Well, then he says, don't ever pull a stunt like that. Make a threat like that to me or to any other X-Men, even as a joke, understand? I didn't mean any harm. That's why you're still breathing. So I kind of took that as like she was going in for the kiss and she didn't stop until Wolverine put his fist on her chin and pushed it away. Well, I think she was going to stop. This is no time for that kind of chicanery, especially since like she would have withdrawn some of his powers. Well, and this is we I guess we don't know. This will prove to be way out of character for her. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I guess we're just learning her, right? This is this is rogue because we don't know any other rogue except for bad rogue. So, all right, this is this is cocky, still figuring things out, rogue. Yep. So they make their way into uh, well, Wolverine gives a little description in his head about what her powers are and all that sort of stuff. But we already know. In that. case you didn't know why that scene mattered, <laughs> yeah, she can absorb powers. Um. So then they find this dude. Is this Nabat Nabatone? This is the real Nabatone, but he's dead. So it turns out that the Nabatone that was in the last issue was an imposter. Wolverine, what's that smell? So he's been sitting here for a week or so, all decayed. That's what You've been suckered. Yep. Well, we're out in the boondocks chasing smoke. The samurai has a clear shot at the X-Men and Mariko, probably at the hospital. We better get back there. We shouldn't have left. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so we flipped our attention over to Yukio and Storm, who are fighting these thugs. Uh, Storm, I guess, uses some of her powers to do it, which to me seems a little unfair. Uh, yeah, she she even says so. I've never used my powers to deliberately inflict pain. And uh, Yukio makes an argument that that's what they deserve. They probably would have killed you had you not. And, you know... Storm, uh, and plus they didn't get, plus she didn't kill them. So Storm's like, you know what? I think you're right. Whatever it means, this madness of yours that has infected me, I welcome it. And she casts, I guess, lightning into the sky. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what this is. Hmm. I'm... uh, We know where ultimately this leads, but I'm going to be just curious... Like how this character development continues, or because this is definitely not the storm that I know. Okay, but well, it's definitely not the storm that we've met up until this point. But surely, surely. 
I suspect that this will continue for a while and then somebody else will ultimately take on the the role of writer of the X-Men and they'll return back to the storm that we always knew. No, that's... I don't want to spoil anything, so I'll try to remember... I'll try to put a pin in it and uh, if and when it ever comes up, try to try to remember it. Because this storm is uh, seems a little reckless and a little crazy. But anyways, we'll just, you know, I don't know stick a pin in it. Meanwhile, at the hospital, there's some guys with guns... This is a very trippy hospital, by the way. Yeah, this is this is, uh, this is, this is pretty awesome. It's like a it's like a disco hospital. It's green walls and pink ceilings with yellow trim, yellow stripes along the side, bright red doors. Oh man! That's what it, that's that's what's being piped into the uh, the sound system. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's like a it's like a gentle hospital version of seventies <laughs> disco. So Wolverine is speculating that even though they're trying to get to the hospital as quickly pos- as possible, eh, quickly as possible to the hospital, uh, that they're going to be too late. And sure enough, as he's thinking this, some guards are taken out with ninja stars. And we see that the uh, ninjas of the throwing the stars are being are tailing Viper. Remember her? I do remember her. Be quick. <laughs> Be efficient. I want no witnesses, no survivors. <laughs> Is that okay. how she talks? Because she's a viper. Yeah, I get it. But she doesn't have viper-like skills. She just calls herself viper. Didn't she have a terrible, like, uh, snake tongue in the movie? Adam, I remember <laughs> so li- Was that from the first Wolverine movie? No, it was the second one. No. The Wolverine. I remember so little of that movie. I could swear she had a snake tongue. I didn't, I guess I didn't even realize she was in it. Well, who was his girlfriend? Whose girlfriend? Wolverine's. Or was that in the other Wolverine movie? Who was the girl oh. that he was dating that died or got killed? In the first one? That was Silver Fox. Okay. Who's Silver Fox? We won't learn that for many years. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but she is very important. But not right now she isn't. Not right now. Okay. Uh, so Rogue flies in and uh, pushes some ninjas out of the way. That ain't very sociable, Viper, honey. Maybe you and your playmates ought to delay your visit till y'all learn better manners. Happy landings. She takes the ninjas outside. Uh, it looks like she must. Oh, she's got like big pieces of lumber in order to collect all of the the ninjas. Yeah, I didn't know if that was something that she had brought to this fight or or what. It's kind of weird. I'm not really sure either. <laughs> uh, regardless, she uh, she deposits all the ninjas outside. Oh, she has Viper too. Yeah, I didn't. And you can't see her in the first panel, but yeah, she's definitely there. She, yeah, she flies all the ninjas outside, and Viper's like, uh, is, yeah. She's only a girl, despite her powers. While you remain the deadliest assassins in Japan, kill her. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I realized I wasn't doing it right. So a storm, or I mean, sorry, rogues flying around. She, she's punching ninjas, and ninjas are having zero effect on her whatsoever. She goes in. Uh, Viper goes in to finish what she started on her own. And Wolverine steps out of the hospital room and says, "There's just me up here, samurai. Show yourself if you dare." And that's when Sam, Silver Samurai walks around the corner and says, "Yo." What's up? Let's do this. 
And so they do. Silver Samurai runs at Wolverine, and Wolverine runs at him, and they clash their swords and claws. Wolverine has to talk about his stupid adamantium skeleton and bones and claws. My claws are forged the pure adamantium, the strongest metal known, and my skeleton is a near-unbreakable mix of adamantium and bone. Oh. Now, mm. we we get some details here, some which we'll get retconned later. His his claws are forged of pure adamantium. We may be revisiting that. Um, I, I can let his, I can honestly I can let that one pass. Okay. Okay. My skeleton is a near unbreakable mix of adamantium and bone. Now, the reason that I would have a problem with this is because Wolverine has said, I have adamantium bones, my bones are laced with adamantium, and now he is saying that his bones are a mix of bone and adamantium. Well, I accept that an unbreakable mix of adamantium and bone is the same as being laced with adamantium. I don't. It's like he took bone meal... And adamantium and mixed it up to make a bone-like <laughs> material out of the two. <laughs> you could look at it that way, but I choose not to. <laughs> See, In the same way that you can accept that his claws are forged of pure adamantium, I can accept that his skeleton is a near-unbreakable mix of adamantium and bone. True. I would say, though, that Wolverine, from what he can remember, has always had what seem to be pure adamantium claws. Okay, okay. However, he seems to always be pretty sure about what his bones are, even though he keeps changing the story. I don't know, you just described it, and he keeps changing the story, so maybe he's not really sure at all. <laughs> so basically, yes, maybe Wolverine just doesn't know, and it's whatever he's thinking that day. I got a bad memory, but I don't know that yet. Uh, yeah, they're adamantium. It's just easier to say than they're laced with adamantium. Well, maybe maybe Chris, you know, maybe Wolverine doesn't realize that he has major ga- gaps in his memory yet, but Chris Claremont does, and this is how he's showing it. Ah, giving the reader a little uh, a glimpse of, of his uh, insanity. Like he, yeah. from day to day, he never knows what his bones are. He just exactly. knows that there's some adamantium in there, just doesn't know, you know, how much or where it's at. Right. Okay, sure. I can buy that. <laughs> So then we get this kind of cinematic sort of widescreen fight between Silver Samurai and Wolverine. We get three pages of long battle Frank Miller-esque panels. Um, Not quite as uh, graphic as the Frank Miller panels. Um, Those battles seemed, I guess, maybe... Maybe because the uh, the inking was heavier or something. I don't know. Those just seemed more brutal. Yes. Although Wolverine does get shivved through the stomach with a with a samurai sword, which looks pretty painful. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't know these the stark red backgrounds. Uh, I don't know. Just, I, I get what he's going for, but I just it seems too bare. Too well. It's not really well drawn. But ultimately, they do some really bad damage to each other. Uh, and then uh, Wolverine breaks Silver Samurai's arm. Snap! And that's when he's about to do the striking blow. And Mariko steps in and says, Aye! Logan-san, no! Enough blood has been spilled, beloved. Let this be an end to it. My half-brother has lost. Grant him his life! 
Wolverine reasons that if he doesn't kill him now, he'll just keep coming back. Which is true. I mean, he could probably kill him now and he'd still come back. True. It's the Marvel Universe after all. Uh, Viper steps in and she's like, don't worry about that. Your dilemma's about to be solved because I have a gun and I'm pointing it at Mariko. Stand aside or I'll kill her. Right on. And that's when uh, Silver Samurai is like, forgive me, your humble servant, I have failed. So, again, we we don't know if, if they are indeed lovers or if she has paid for his services or if he's just like, you know, maybe he's really distraught about um, his honor. Well, we know that he has a stake uh, to the claim of the family of the Yoshida clan. Right. Uh, so I would say that they're partners mainly and that maybe the Viper is hired by him and maybe they kind of like each other i don't know well she's like kenichio and she runs over and like as soon as she sees that he's fallen she raises up her gun she looks very upset about this more so than you know just a hired thug yeah okay they have feelings for each other maybe you know i like i like the fact that it's kind of vague yeah yeah i'm good with all that uh so she fires the gun and storm rogue flies in and she puts her body in front of Wolverine and Mariko. Wolverine could have taken this bullet, but I guess Rogue doesn't know that. And Rogue takes it square in the boob. <laughs> well, no, it's slightly below the boob. Okay. Take a hack, shorty, let me do my good deed for the day. And uh, he, she pushes Wolverine and Mariko, and it's, it's sort of humorous. The kid's either a show-off or she doesn't know her own strength. That shove flaming near puts Mariko and me into orbit. Uh, Viper says it's a noble gesture, and uh, she hopes that her compeers appreciate her sacrifice. But it doesn't matter, because uh, she's going to fire it even stronger. This blaster is awesome. Not only does it fire bullets, but apparently it fires laser rays. These, I love this panel. It's just so cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yes. In the foreground, Rogue is in black and white highlights. And then she's just got like electricity emanating out from her. And Jokes on you, lady. They couldn't care less whether I live or die. But, I think. But she thinks to herself that she can actually feel these effects. Like she may have actually been hitting her uh, invulnerable limits after all. Lady Mariko was kind to me. She accepted me right off. I won't let any har- uh, any- I won't let her come to any harm. And I kind of wish this wasn't a thought panel, but it's like she was saying it out loud, right. so the Wolverine could overhear it. Yeah, uh, but he knows. Yeah, he gets it. Yep. He gets it. So he runs out. He's rogue. He's 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 hurt. He's uh, running like an old man. Uh, Viper's gun eventually disintegrates itself and kind of backfires. Aye! Says the gun. <laughs> Wolverine grabs Rogue, who has fallen, and she's like, I guess I'm not as invulnerable as I thought. Viper says, like, all right, well, I guess we're at an impasse. Uh, so this is Harada's fight, i.e. Silver Samurai. It will be his decision whether or not we continue it. So see you later. She teleports. Pew! And Rogue is saying goodbye. Like, that's it. So much for my brilliant career. And I think my life. Don't talk stupid, Futzer. My healing factor can save you. 
No, you need that to save yourself. If I absorb your powers, Wolverine, you may die. My risk. Besides, Zarlin, who's going to sc- stop me? Now scoot your lips up here. <laughs> I'm a man who pays his debt, Rogue. You sacrifice yourself for Mariko. It's only fair that I return the compliment. My question here is, uh, is he giving her like a full-on kiss right now? Because Rogue's like 15. <laughs> um, I'm assuming she's kissing her. He's kissing her forehead. Okay. Is that what you're assuming? Uh, yeah. I mean, the implication is yes. Obviously, they're kissing on the lips. But uh, for the sake that Wolverine is like 200 years old. and uh, <laughs> Spoilers. And, and Rogue is, uh, you know, 15. Actually, uh, he, he's kissing her on the forehead. I'm not entirely sure what Rogue's age is. I feel like when she first got introduced, she was introduced as definitely a minor in her maybe mid-teens. But I want to say that like once she becomes like full-fledged regular X-Man, I feel like they revamp her age to like 18 to make her legal. Hmm. Okay. But we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But I think right now, uh, in canon, she's she's a minor. Wolverine could be taken to court. <laughs> well, anyways, it's been a week, and it's time to, it's time for some fools to get married, Adam. Yay! Mariko's going out to the Buddha, and she's as giddy as a schoolgirl, and she's too excited to sleep, and she's so excited. She wishes the day were over, but she can't wait. Uh, she loves Logan so much, and wait, who's there? A man walks up who is wearing a somewhat familiar jacket with long, what do you call those? Tails? Uh, yeah, coat tails. Long coat tails. They look very, I can't, and boots. I can't place where I've seen these before. It's probably Banshee. I mean, should we spoil this? Or no, not we... yet, oh. Adam. Because it's not really revealed in this issue. It's not. That's why... Okay. Well, all right. We won't spoil it. I'm then. speculating that it's Banshee. Although in the next panel, Adam, you get some uh, a vision of his eyes and, and his eyebrows are, are like black. So it can't be Banshee. Black Tom? Probably Black Tom Cassidy. Yep. That sounds about right. <laughs> well, she looks... He looks into uh, Mariko's eyes and he says that he is a friend who wishes you and your consort well. He says that in English. He does. And uh, there's like a, a like a, a hypnotic effect happening on Mariko. So much so that she doesn't even remember having a conversation with this man. Nope. He disappears and she thinks to herself, oh, I was talking to myself. I must be more distracted than I thought. We should also mention that when she was as giddy as a schoolgirl in front of the Buddha, she had a little bouquet of flowers. But as she walks away... From the stranger who she can't remember, she drops those flowers and leaves them behind as she walks oh, back inside. I didn't even notice that. Yup. Nice touch. <laughs> so inside, all of the X-Men and some others that we haven't seen in a while have made the trek to Japan. To which I ask, why wasn't the professor here in the first place? Well, he was hanging out with the new mutants, Adam. I guess. He's got the new mutants. He doesn't give a crap about the X-Men anymore. He was he saw the wedding invitation. He should have been there. Yeah. So Lilandra's there, uh Professor's there, Colossus, Kitty, Nightcrawler, Rogue, of course. Lorna Danes made the trip. Alex, Christopher Summers, Scott Summers is there, and his beautiful wife, Madeline Pryor. Wife. <laughs> I'm sorry, beautiful girlfriend. They- 
They just met, Jeremy. Sorry. <laughs> You're moving a little fast. Well, we'll talk about that next issue. <laughs> I'd I'll... like to introduce you to a very special friend, says one of the Summers boys, Madeline Pryor. <gasps> and that's when Lil Andrew's like, Shara and Kithiri, have mercy. And she pulls out like her laser knife and she goes in for the attack. Why are you not saying lightsaber? <laughs> well, it's a laser sword, Adam. Lightsaber is a trademark of the Lucasfilm Corp. Okay. And Professor Xavier's like, Colossus, stop her. She resembles Jean Grey, but that is all. Phoenix is dead. Oh, Charles Scott, forgive me when I saw her. My reaction was automatic. I could not help myself. Madeline Pryor is just like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> Well, she is, I don't know, her facial expression here is pretty well drawn, where she's kind of like, um... She's in shock, but she never brings it up again. I understand, Lilandra, no harm. But I wish I could be as certain as Professor that Madeline isn't Jean reincarnated. Perhaps I should break off this relationship, because clearly my judgment is shrouded by the loss of my ex-girlfriend. Hey, look! look. Up in the sky, says Kitty! It's a bird! It's, <laughs> it's, it's a plane! <laughs> It's Storm, and she lands, and she's got leather boots and leather pants and a leather undershirt and a leather vest and leather gloves and a leather collar. Good Lord, how much cow is on this woman? <laughs> she is essentially dressing like Yukio, right? Is that the key here? And she, well, well she, I mean, I mean, sort of. Not exactly like Yukio. She's got a little more 80s style and panache. I'm I'm flipping back here. No, I mean, I guess I think I see where you're coming from. Yukio, I think, was just all dressed in black. Like, she didn't have a whole bunch of leather on. Right, right. But, but I, yes, she's definitely been influenced by the carefree nature of, uh, of Yukio. And she's got her uh, 80s and 90s trademark mohawk. Dun, 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 dun! major moment and honestly this this is the storm that i grew up with yeah this is this is this is, i mean you know storm with long white hair is pretty cool but but this is like this is this is the storm this is storm this is the storm this is the storm jeremy and kitty she is not impressed your clothes your hair what have you done a new look do you like it how could you? And she puts her hands to her head and runs away crying. Actually, she doesn't uh, even, Storm doesn't even ask if she likes it. She says, a new look. Do you like it? <laughs> it's all periods after that. There's no question marks. I, I believe that's an error. Do you like what, it? What we in the biz call a grammatical error. Yes. Well, no, she's making a statement. <laughs> I don't Do know. Do you like it? <laughs> Scott is like, well, it's a rather striking change, Aurora. Why did you do it? I had my reasons, Scott. Am I not a goddess? <laughs> oh, I beg your pardon. Speaking of she judging sees, people by their looks. <laughs> she sees Madeline Pryor and she's like, what are you thinking, Scott? <laughs> she looks just like your dead girlfriend. Come on. You know, I probably should have warned everybody that Madeline looks just like Jean. I don't know why I didn't do that. That was dumb. <laughs> Maybe I could have sent a picture that says, Hey, everybody, having fun. By the way, this is not Jean. <laughs> I, uh, 
I guess that would... I like chaos. <laughs> yep. Ever since I was in the orphanage, I liked holding back things to get everybody else worked up. <laughs> My fault. I should have realized the effect Madeline would have on everybody and warned you beforehand. Uh, quiet, Madeline. Everybody thinks you look like my dead ex-girlfriend. <laughs> huh? What? <laughs> Don't feel badly, Aurora. I'm getting used to being stared at because I look like Scott's ex-girlfriend who died on the moon. <laughs> hmm. I should really rethink this relationship thing. Yeah. I don't know. This whole relationship between Scott and Madeline, it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. No, it, it makes sense for from Scott's vantage point. Yeah. It's a, it's a woman that looks like his ex-lover. That's that's terrible, though. I mean, I think a psychologist would have a field day with that. It is terrible, but it's also understandable. Uh, all right. Um. So anyways, they, they're... Uh, Everybody's settled down. It's been a little while. Everyone's gotten used to the fact that this is not Jean Grey. It's somebody named Madeline Pryor. And they're getting ready for this wedding to take place. Storm has actually changed out of her punk clothes, and she's wearing a Komodo now. She's definitely got the leather on her leaf, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> she at least got, like, a leather bikini on. I uh, cannot be away from leather for too long. It's my new thing, everybody. Leather just makes me feel alive to know that the cow died. <laughs> well, Kitty goes and introduces herself to Madeline, and she's like, hey, I'm going to be kind of a bridesmaid, so can you hold my bag? It's got my pet Lockheed in it. Scott says, these are my best friends, Madeline. I hope you like them. I'm sure I shall. Or, I'm sure I shall as much as they like me. Is that what Jean Grey sounded like? I can't remember. <clears throat> hey, Scott. Nope. Uh. No problem. It'll be my pleasure. Okay, it's more like that. <laughs> nice kid. I wish I had a sister like her. And being a pilot, I think Lockheed's a perfect name for her cat. And it's Lockheed the dragon is sleeping in Kitty's bag. Aww. And we get a cute little four-page comedy relief where... He said, uh, Scott says, well, you meet my grandparents, Professor. You've all got to visit us in Alaska. Scott! And then she grabs him by the tie and yanks him over, and she never moves in all four of these panels until the fourth one. And she says, just who precisely are these people? And what the blazes have you gotten me into? And why does everybody keep talking about how I look like your dead ex-girlfriend? Yeah, I guess Cyclops hasn't yet told her that these are all the X-Men. <laughs> He's probably holding all sorts of secrets out from her. Yeah, dragon. That's normal. <laughs> right? <laughs> so the finally the stupid wedding starts. Everybody's looking solemn. Marie <laughs> yes, whatever the Japanese equivalent of that is. <laughs> uh, I believe it goes something like this, Adam. <laughs> oh man <laughs> no it doesn't collect that i believe that's that's turning japanese oh yeah well that's the only song over there isn't it <laughs> yes they use it for every occasion pretty much pretty so, much so she's walking down she's got her and you know kimono on and fancy hat i'm sure this is all some ancestral thing or cultural thing or whatever Wolverine's talking about how, you know, he's in love, and that's a word that sounds strange coming from him. Uh, so I'll change. Everybody, everybody changes. 
Mariko's beauty takes my breath away. As I follow her to the altar, where we'll take our vows, her under kimono's white for mourning, signifying her symbolic death as she leaves her parents' family to join herself to me and mine, who I don't know, because <laughs> I'm Wolverine. My family's the X-Men. <laughs> yes, that's the ticket. And that's when Mariko holds out her hand and says, Stop the ceremony, most imperial majesty. Wait, so the emperor's there? Sure. Oh, honored guests, there will be no wedding. Why? Because, Gaijin, you are not worthy. Ah, futzer. (laughs) Which, which kind of, I don't know, Adam, how does this make you feel? I mean, it kind of negates everything that happened in the Wolverine miniseries. I think it's supposed to. So, as they part ways, Mariko walks past Wolverine, or Logan, who's standing in his kimono, past a man in the familiar coat tails smoking a cigarette with his little I think it's the same guy. I think it is. He's got pork chops. He has pork chops because... lamb chops? Lamb chops? I think you can call them pork chops. (laughs) He has, he, we get like a long panel of him raising his little cigarette up to his mouth, and he's got... A mustache, the pork chops with his chin exposed. Mm. He looks excruciatingly familiar, Adam. He, I, I know who he is, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but our, our audience doesn't. They have no idea. No, no, they certainly don't. Um, this man clearly has played a role in the downfall of the union of Mariko and Logan. And in the last panel... A haggard-looking Wolverine sheds a tear as the X-Men look on. Not only does he shed a tear, he sheds a tear out of, like, a, a pore in his, underneath his eye. He's got he's a healing factor. <laughs> <laughs> he has weird tear ducts. They've shifted over the 200 years that he's been alive. Uh, next issue, Adam, romances. Ooh, is there's going to be multiple romances next issue. How can there be romances? Wolverine's heart's going to be broken. No kidding. It seems like if somebody's going to enter into a romance after that uh, uh, sham of a wedding, I mean, they can't be very sensitive. And think about, like, all the money everybody spent to fly over to Japan to see this wedding. Yeah. Jeez. The emperor used his plane to bring the X-Men over. The emperor. I mean, he probably could have been signing some edicts or something, but yet he was invited to this wedding, and that never even happened. Whoever this crazy man is with his pork chops and cigarette, I I really hope we fully understand how his plan comes together. What a waste of my time. Because honestly, I I don't know how his plan comes together (laughs) (laughs) or how Wolverine is a part of it, but I'm sure we'll find out. Mm. He must be masterminding something. Oh, he he must be. (laughs) Um, The X-Men are walking out the door and, and they're... They're all kind of looking back, and, and they're like, oh, man, how's Wolverine going to take this? He, Hey, Adam, he's, he, he's probably wind-guarding a secret. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so that's the end of the issue. It sure is. I would say in the question of to have and have not, the, it, was, it was definitely in the have-nots. What do you mean? Have nots win. I don't understand. The title of the issue was to have and have not. Oh, oh, oh. I, I think I think have not wins. Well, uh, 
Yeah, sure. Storm got to have her way with her. Not, well, yeah, with, I guess with so. her new look. Scott got to have a girlfriend who looks just like his old girlfriend. <laughs> his, Does he though? Does he? <laughs> I, I really don't know. All righty. So that's that. Uh, we did get a couple of letters. A couple of communique. We got one here from John Proudstar, who has twice asked us uh, if we can please get an X-Men Apocalypse Speculation podcast. Adam, that's a really good question. I mean, we'll do it, I'm sure. But I, I mean, we haven't really seen anything yet other than the little teaser at the end of Days of Future Past. And I don't know about you, but I, I really wasn't into comics during the Age of Apocalypse uh, saga. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if maybe, like, is that, should we should we read Age of Apocalypse before we, we, we do that? Or, or maybe just the highlights? Um, I don't know how to answer that, Adam, because, I mean, if this podcast continues on, we'll eventually have to read the Age of Apocalypse stuff. In- well, maybe we, we we just won't go see the movie, and then we'll wait till we get to Age of Apocalypse, and then we'll after we read it, we'll speculate on what the movie will be like, <laughs> it having been out for about ten years now, and then uh, then we'll see it. Yeah, okay, that's a good idea. By then, we'll both own our own movie theaters and be millionaires. Yeah, so we'll be able to go do that. I think probably what will happen is we will wait for the first full-length trailer before we do a speculation podcast would be my guess because the thing for me anyways is that all of us most of us are very familiar with days of future past right that's like a universally known slash renowned story so when that title was announced there was more than enough material for us to to go forth and speculate and then when the trailer came out to continue that speculation with Age of Apocalypse, I I got nothing. The only thing that I uh, am curious about is is what they'll call it. And I'm guessing they'll probably just call it X Men First Class Apocalypse or something because they can't call it Age of Apocalypse because we just no, had an Age of Ultron. I think they're just calling it X Men Age of Apocalypse. But we just had an Age of Ultron. They can do that, Jeremy. I that's, know they can. Is... <laughs> that's stupid. And here's the thing, Age of Ultron had nothing to do with the comic series Age of Ultron, so I'm wondering if, other than the fact that we know that Apocalypse will be there, if Age of the Apocalypse will actually have very little to do with the Age of Apocalypse series. It, it will probably be just X-Men versus Apocalypse. There, look, we just speculated. <laughs> we no. did our first bit of speculation right here. Yes, just cut this part out and play it over and over again. That's that's the speculation podcast. <laughs> no, but seriously, once, once some... Uh, theatrical content is released uh that we will we will definitely put together a speculation podcast but i don't even when's the what's the release date for that thing slated 2016 or 17 i don't know yeah, no. you ask you ask too much well as long as we're on the story of x-men movies did you get a chance to watch the days of future past rogue cut no not yet well uh, what the heck We've already talked about it, and I said last time, I'll, I'll get it. No, I that will. was not last time, Adam. That was like a month ago. It was like a month oh. and a half ago. I will acquire it, and then I will watch it. Well, I guess you've watched it. I have watched it. I watched it like right after it came out, and now I've forgotten like all the changes. Now, I guess I, actually I remember the significant ones, but I'd like to talk about that at some point. 
all right, well, we'll plan a date. I'll watch it. I'll make sure to watch it by that date, and we can do a we can do like a fifteen minute mini podcast about it. Well, that means I'd have to like rewatch it. You're gonna rewatch it eventually, anyway. Yeah, probably. Figure good. out the date that you're going to rewatch it, and I will. And I will watch it on that same date, and then afterwards we will meet up for an ice cream sandwich. January sixteenth, twenty sixteen. I'm on it. All right. That gives me plenty of time to prepare. <laughs> uh, and then Quentin Choir he writes in, uh, and he says that he is still loving the podcast, even though he's never been much of a Wolverine fan. Uh, he's been the main focus recently, so he's still enjoying the podcast, even though he doesn't care for Wolverine, which. That's kind of a change. Most people are Wolverine fans who kind of tolerate the X-Men. That's what I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now that Storm has met Yukio, she'll be adopting her cool 80s mohawk. We agree. Pretty soon, I think, in honor, uh, he would like to share his idea for a Storm mixed drink. You'll want to start with a hurricane glass. If you're lacking in barware, any other glass that holds 20 ounces will do. <whistles> Fill the glass halfway with ice. Add one ounce dark rum, one ounce grenadine, one ounce passion fruit syrup, and fill the rest of the glass uh, with ginger beer. Hmm. To garnish, cut a wedge of thin lime, pull the meat off of it. Uh, Why not squeeze some of that lime juice into the drink? Bend the rind so that the white part is showing and place it on top of the drink like a little white mohawk. Clever. This drink should be simple and sweet enough without being too sweet and is inspired by the drinks Dark and Stormy and Hurricane. Also, if Storm is a vampire at the moment, as she sometimes is, you can substitute Cherry Crush for the ginger beer. Boy, I really wish I would have read this email before we started recording because I think I have all of these ingredients. I have none of them. Well, I have have grenadine. I don't have any passion fruit syrup, but I have ginger beer because I've been making Moscow mules lately. Which also means I have plenty of limes because you put a lime in, in the in the Moscow mule as well. And dark rum, I guess I don't have dark rum, I have spiced rum. And I, I guess I wouldn't really know what the difference is. But this drink sounds pretty darn good. Yeah, it does. I think we should definitely uh intend to do this soon. <laughs> we should definitely think about possibly uh considering making this drink. I would argue though that you might want to up the alcohol just a little bit, just because you got a twenty ounce glass. And really, you only have one ounce, which is about uh, a shot of that rum. And the rest of it is all uh, the the ginger beer, which is essentially just ginger soda. Uh, and then the, then the two syrups. It sounds maybe, delicious, but... Maybe you could use alcoholic ginger beer. They do make hard ginger beer, but that might be weird. <laughs> so we're going to have to, uh, we're gonna have to bookmark this uh, storm... Uh, and possibly make it this this one seems like one that you could tell your buddy about he might yeah yeah i'm definitely thinking of uh maybe having this at our next uh get together it sounds uh this one sounds tasty so all right well we'll we'll try to remember that and do it next time um we also got a letter from nicholas hoekstra with a another uh drink recipe bringing in the drink recipes oh yeah uh, it's been a while since I've written in, probably a year, but I've been uh, one of your listeners since around episode 20. Hey, Adam. Fall on a, what's that? It's been a while. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. I've fallen a bit behind lately. I'm at episode 155, but catching up. Wow. We have over 160 episodes. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to share this with you, uh, and he share, he shares with us a YouTube video by a group called Kirby Crackle. Uh, they do nerd rock focusing on comics, video games, and movies, and they have a song about Wolverine, which 
If you've been listening to the podcast, dear listener, you have already heard a snippet out of it because after I received this email, I immediately uh, used it for the last, for the closing credits for the, I think, two episodes ago. Issue 166, I believe. Or episode 166. I think so. Yes. One of those. Uh, and then he says he has a drink that he calls the uh, White Wolf. First time that has been said in an email from him to us. Yeah, and he even references that. Uh, what I'm thinking is crushed ice, white wine, a shot or two of Russian vodka, or whatever vodka we have, just not five o'clock vodka. That stuff is a step above cleaning agent. I don't know anything about vodkas, but I'm sure that's hilarious. <laughs> Um, the white wine and vodka mix might not sound good at first, but I've tried it and it's not bad. Hmm. Keep up the good work. Nick writing from Ecuador. Uh, I'm very curious about white wine and vodka. I, I think I would, um, I think I'd like to try that as well. You know, I have never been much of a vodka aficionado and I'm certainly still not a vodka aficionado, but recently I have learned that there are definitely differences in quality of vodkas, right? I used to just drink the Fleischmann's. Yeah. That comes in a plastic jug. And, you know, booze that comes in a plastic jug probably shouldn't be drank. <laughs> um, but I didn't know any better, right? I'm, I mean, I, I, I just don't really drink that much hard liquor. And whenever I think of vodka, I think of, do you remember the movie Leaving Las Vegas with Nicolas Cage? Never saw that movie. Oh, well, I mean, spoilers. He's an alcoholic and, like, he goes through withdrawal fits and he'll run to the fridge and, and just, like, chug vodka and orange juice just to get those shakes out of him. So I just equate vodka with, like, raging alcoholics <laughs> trying to quell <laughs> their shakes. But recently, due to the drinking of the Moscow Mules, which is vodka, ginger beer, and lime. Uh, is, is a Moscow, no, Moscow Mule is not related to a uh, white Russian, is it? No. Okay. Nope. Uh, but the the I was drinking the Fleischmann's. I was like, well, this is a really good drink, right? You know, you mix all those things together. It's really good. And then, I don't know if you've got a Costco around you, but we've got a Costco, and they they sell, like, this giant jug in a glass bottle of uh, vodka, which they say comes from the same distillery as uh, what Grey Goose used to use, and therefore, somehow, it's a better quality, and it is. So... I'm sure his five o'clock vodka is something that's even worse than Fleischmann's. <laughs> when I was doing the search for vodka for uh, the fastball special, I wanted to get a Russian vodka specifically for that drink. And I ended up getting a drink called Russian Diamond, huh? which comes in a very tall glass. It's, it's um, or a very tall bottle. It's a really cool uh, bottle. It looks really good on the shelf. And I like the... I'm not a, a vodka aficionado either, but I, I do, uh, I do like this particular vodka. It's, it's. I'm hoping that it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only bad if you don't like it, really. It's not very expensive, though, so I imagine it's not great. Oh, but. so I mean, is I don't it, know. It's like twenty dollars a bottle. How, that's is that good or bad? Depends on how big the bottle is. It's a pretty big bottle. Yeah. Well, I mean, my my Costco. Uh, Kirkland brand vodka is, I don't know, 23 bucks for like 64 ounces, half, I don't know, like for a big jug of it, a lot of it. Okay. I would consider that to be cheap, but gosh darn it, it's good. Okay. I'm sure there's better, but 
If I haven't had it, I don't know about it. Therefore, it doesn't exist. It's Schrodinger's cat, Adam. So send us all of your vodka recommendations and we will be sure to try all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, until we get that 150-year-aged vodka that costs $300 per bottle. Right. Mail us that. Yes. You may send us samples of anything you'd like. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so those were fun. So if, if, if someone like these listeners wished, wished to contact us, how would they do so? We do have many ways of getting in contact with us, Adam. Do we? We do. Oh, that's good. What are they? Oh, well, let me tell you about them now. Okay. You can get a hold of us at DangerRoom at RedCatProductions.com or you can visit us at www.xmenpodcast.com where we have all oh. the links to everything, all of the episodes uh-huh. available for downloads and even a little place where you can put your own little comment if you'd like. No kidding. Really? Or you can go to Facebook.com forward slash Podcast. Is that right? Yeah, dot com. Dot, wait, Facebook.com forward slash DangerRoom podcast yeah it's something like that oh my gosh i can't even remember our facebook (laughs) url i'm screwing you up aren't i you are you're messing with my flow uh yes facebook.com forward slash danger room podcast what about if they wish to wish to call us oh well then they can just reach out on their telephones and dial 501 get x-men and for you youngsters we're available on twitter really yes at danger room go I know some youngsters. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this day and age is probably like the mid-30-year-olds that are on Twitter. I don't know what the kids are on. We don't have a Snapchat address yet, so I guess we've got to work on that next. Yes. Uh, and then, or uh, what's the what's the six-second video thing, or is that done? A Vine. Vine. Is Vining still a thing? I, I don't know. Oh, we should make uh, Danger Room Vines. Yes. A whole issue in six seconds. Futzer, there's an episode. We could just crank <laughs> we could just we could just crank those out, Adam. You think having over hundred and fifty podcasts is impressive. We'll have like three thousand vines by the time we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and we're on Stitcher as well if you want to listen to some internet radio or you can go out to iTunes. Search for Danger Room will be the first uh, of the podcasts to come up. You can subscribe and leave some feedback or a review there if you so choose. Whoa. With that mouthful out of the way, Adam, I didn't do any additional reading this week. Did you? I did so much additional reading. Um, let's see. I did Defen- Defenders number 123, which has half of the team in some weird parallel dimension with an elf. And But the important part is that Beast and Iceman and Gargoyle travel to visit um, Vision and Scarlet Witch because Beast is like, still thinking that he maybe maybe wants to form a team out of these defenders and he's thinking maybe maybe Vision and Scarlet Witch might want to join. And there's a cute little scene where they have dinner and uh Scarlet Witch and Iceman are talking about the old days and Scarlet Witch says, It seems like only yesterday that my brother Quicksilver and I battled your original X Men as members of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and Bobby says, Those were crazy days and the beast says if I'd known what a terrific cook you were, Wanda, I'd have surrendered to Magneto on the spot. <laughs> and then Vision ruins it all by saying, actually, Beast, I cooked the meal. Aww. <laughs> and then some villains show up and they want to kidnap um, Vision. 
And then we get a great scene where Iceman does his classic putting a giant ice block over them. (gasps) And guess what happens in the next panel, Jeremy? They burst out. Totally. Wow. It was like it was like being back in the old days. I kind of wish I would have read that just to, for the nostalgia factor. And um, they beat them. The, the, they, they beat the villains, that is. Do they make it a team? They don't make it a team. Vision doesn't really want to join, uh, but uh, they leave it off with, uh, well, the defenders sure are going to check this out. <laughs> hmm. So, So we'll see. And apparently the uh, the original Ford Defenders on the other planet caused some sort of thing. I don't know. I'll get more into that next issue, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, New Mutants number seven, we kind of touched upon already, but the key uh, takeaway from that was that uh, Roberto's dad is in leagues with Sebastian Shaw. Dun-dun-dun! <gasps> um also, I forgot to talk about Alpha Flight number one last issue. Uh, so I read that and number two for this issue. Basically, Alpha Flight, I'm not really going to do Alpha Flight, but um, Puck joined the team and they're no longer working for the government. Everybody likes Puck. Everybody was Puck Foo Fighting. Adam, this is a family show. You can't say that. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Oh, okay. Nice. That's all she wrote. Well, Adam, I have one thing to say to you. Um, pretty flowers everywhere. Pretty flowers in your hair. No, puck foo. <laughs> See? It sounds like it could be wrong. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that out of my system, uh, do you have anything else to add to this episode? Uh, puck foo too. Oh, man. <laughs> this family show is not family anymore. Until next week, everybody, the danger room is closed. Closed. You saw me crying in the tank.